Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. We've looked at understanding pain and misery, and I think it helped a lot of people. And then how to enjoy life no matter what. How many of you believe you can enjoy life no matter what? Paul was in a prison, and he enjoyed life no matter what. And as I open today, before I give you the title, you know, I was thinking uh, of this quote by Abraham Lincoln. He said, most people are about as happy as they choose to be. Do you realize that your happiness, your inability to slide into misery is your choice? And sometimes we don't recognize that uh, it's our choice to be happy. It's not just something that happens to you. It's our choice. And the art of enjoying life and being joyful escapes many people. Most people endure. They, they get by and they survive. But God wants us to be people who can enjoy life no matter what and to recognize that misery every day is an option. It's not just a, a given. It's an option. And we need to recognize that we, can, we, we, we can't stop what happens to us, but we can certainly stop what happens in us. Can you say amen? And you know, it's so easy when you have trials and difficulties. It's like you can slide down a slope. If you imagine like a sandy slope, you emotionally slide down a sandy slope until you're in a hole. And how many of you have ever slid down a sandy slope? All the sand just follows you. But you know how difficult it is to get out of a sandy hole? And emotions are like that. If you let yourself slide down and you choose not to rise up, it's very difficult to get out. And the devil wants to put us into a prison, an emotional prison, a prison of negativity, and we've got to constantly work to rise up and get out. Can you say amen? And sometimes we can be like people who are in a prison, an emotional prison, a negativity prison, and it's like we're looking out wishing life could be better. But we don't realize that we have a key. And that key is actually in our pocket. The key to getting out of that prison. And do you know what that key is? It's something called choice. It's something called choice. And so today I want to speak to you on living life by choice, not by chance. It's not what happens to you by chance. It's what happens to you by choice. Neil Donald Walsh is an author and speaker, and he said this. He said, a life lived of choice is a life of conscious action. A life lived of chance is a life of unconscious creation. You either live by design or you live by default. Isn't that true? And you decide these are the choices I'm going to make. I was watching an interesting Netflix uh, uh, docudrama series that came out recently and it's called Bad Vegan. Some of you may have seen it. It just came out a week ago. And it's a story of this lady, Sama Melganus. I think she might be Greek, and how she started this chain of restaurants, brilliant chef and businesswoman and, uh, in New York City, and she founded these two restaurants that just took off pure food and wine and the One Lucky Duck and they vegan restaurants with raw vegan food, and they just took off all the celebrities, went there, and she started making a fortune. But the problem with her was, not with the restaurants, is she started dating a guy online. And she trusted the guy that she dated online, and she believed everything that he said online. 
And the problem was, he said he was part of the black ops and he was secretive and everything. And she got involved with him. She said, you know, it felt like everything just lined up. Well, this guy, Anthony Strangus, was a convicted felon, eventually defrauded her personally of $1.8 million. You want to know how many rand that is? Multiplied by 15. And in the end, she ended up $6.5 million in debt because he constantly told her, this is a test. We need to go here. You need to give me this money. And then he told her, your dog will live forever. And she believed him, a little dog, Leon. And she trusted this man and he manipulated her. They went on the run for 10 months. Eventually the cops caught them. She ended up in prison for four months. He served like a year and got, got out. He's still doing it. But here was the problem. It wasn't just her choices that, you see, it's not just bad luck. It was her choices, wait, her choices based on her beliefs. When she met this guy, she didn't use reasoning and biblical principles. She used feeling. I think the universe, you know, it's now my turn to have a guy. And everything seems to line up. And, and he said that, and, I, you know, and so she made terrible choices based on terrible beliefs. It's the same with the, you'll remember I mentioned this some time back, Tinder Swindler. It's also on Netflix. Story of a, a guy who defrauded women. He's now free. This Israeli guy defrauded women out of millions. Intelligent, educated women. But their belief system made them enamored with him, and then they made bad choices. You see, your beliefs will affect your choices. And the problem in the world, yep. You can clap. The problem in the world today is not luck and good luck. The problem in the world today is not inequality. The problem today is we need to look in the mirror and say, you made bad choices. And you can either live your life by chance, believing that the universe is going to be good to you, or you can live it by choice. I love what uh, uh, Ray Bennett said. He's an author, and he explains it so well. He says, beliefs are choices. First, you choose your beliefs. Then your beliefs affect your choices. You are not the victim of the world, but rather the master of your own destiny. It's your choices and decisions that determine your destiny. Let's look at six things that we can do to live by choice, not by chance. Number one, this is very important in the light of what we're looking at. Your pain is inevitable. Misery is what? Optional, number one, misery is optional when we discover we have choices. You don't have to be miserable. You can choose not to be. You can take a decision when you wake up in the morning. It's overcast. It's cold. I watch the news and there's more bad news. But you can make a choice. And when you recognize you have choices, misery becomes an option, not inevitable. Martin Coe wrote a book, it's called The Power Within You, I think it is. He said the greatest power a person possesses is the power to choose. You've got the power every day to make a choice. You don't have to end up somewhere. You can choose where you want to be. Can you say amen? And you know, choice is the only difference between us and the animals. Animals don't have a choice, they have instinct. And even though animals do much of what we do, they sleep, they get up, they eat, and then they sleep, and then they get up, and then they look for food, and if they're predators, they have to work hard and chase after. What's the difference between man and animal? Animals got no choice, it does it by instinct, but a person can choose every single day who they want to be, where they want to be, and what they want to be, trusting God, obviously, we live in conjunction with God's guidance, but we've got to make choices. 
that you don't have to be miserable, you can choose not to be miserable. Let me give you three important things about choice this morning. If you're making notes, and I suggest you write this down. First powerful truth about choice is this. Our greatest freedom and source of strength is our God-given ability to make choices. It is an incredible freedom and strength to know that I've got this ability, I'm not a victim, I can make a choice. And when you make choices, your life can change. The second uh, important truth is the opposite of choice, listen to this, is to feel trapped by circumstances, life, and people. You are not a victim. You might feel like a victim, but choice says, no, I'm not a victim. This has happened to me, that's happened to me, but I have the power of choice. I can choose a different disposition, and I can choose a different uh, future. You are not a victim of your friends, your boss, the government, or this world. You are a God-given, blessed individual who's got the power of choice. And misery is optional when you recognize that you have choices. Listen, many of us grew up in childhood without a choice. You can't choose your parents, and you can't choose whether you're going to be abused or not. You can't choose whether you're in poverty. But once you become an adult, you have the power of choice. The minute you get to 18, 19, 20, 21, you can change. You can walk away. In fact, many of you, just looking at you in the room, many of you have come here from other cities. Why? Because you chose a better future. You said, if I mix with those people and I stay living in that place, I will be kept at this level. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to Joburg and I'm going to go move into a different area and I'm going to begin choice, not chance. But we constantly want to be victims. Why? Because we want someone else to fix our lives. Guess what? You will always be miserable. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. I love this quote by David Elkind. He's an American psychologist. He said, friendships in childhood are usually a matter of chance, whereas in adolescence, they are most often a matter of choice. Can I just say, if you want to minimize misery in your life, choose your friends carefully. You're not a victim. Number three, the third thing about choice is, this is helping you today, is whenever we take responsibility, I love this, and make better choices, life always gets better. Do you realize that? You want your life to get better? You can start right here, right now, on this Sunday morning, making better choices about what you eat, what you spend, how you think, who your friends are. It starts right now. Life always gets better when you make better choices. I love it. You can go and eat a hamburger and chips today, but tomorrow you can choose not to, and your health will get better. You say, well, you know, I, you know, it's been years, and it's, you know, it's my hormones. That's not. It's your choices. We have to admit, when I look in the mirror, especially after a shower, it's like, oh, Lord Jesus. And God reminds me, you look like this because you chose. This was not an accident. Amen? See, most people feel trapped. They don't feel they have any choice. But we do have choices. And uh, you, if, if you're not happy with the way your life is, you can choose to be different right now. Right here today. And you say, well, yeah, I'm so deep in debt. Listen, you might be deep in debt. You might have suffered abuse. You might have made some very bad choices. But if you start making good choices, it may take time, but you will end up somewhere different. When we were younger, we, we, you know, I didn't have a dad growing up, so 
my mom was a single parent. She always worked for companies and so on. So I didn't have a lot of the advice that a lot of you young people have got today. You've got parents that can give you amazing advice. So I made a lot of mistakes. But guess what? As soon as you make a mistake, you can realize, oh, that's not how life works. Then you make different choices. Amen? You start spending your money differently. You don't just go out and buy a car because you deserve it. You think about it. You put the money into a property because property usually increases in value. Cars decrease. Then one day when the property is valuable, you can go buy a car cash. Simple. I mean, I've taught this stuff for years. You, it's, it's choices, not chance. I read an article yesterday. A guy was attacking Elon Musk. How can a South African be so rich when there's inequality? I mean, how do you think? Really? Here's a guy who's made a success of his life by choices. And you point to people who haven't made a success of their life by their choices. But then you want to blame some system. We keep wanting to be victims. Now we've got the power of choice. And misery is optional when we discover we have choice. You see, a lot of us don't think we have a choice. And yeah, especially in South Africa, we think that talent and education are the answer. You need to read John Maxwell's book called Success is a Choice. In the book, he actually tells us that it's success is not the result of talent or education. It's the result always of choices. And then he lists a whole lot of people. I, I only have time for a few. He says this 50% of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies had C averages at university. 65% of U.S. senators come from the bottom, bottom half of their classes, and 75% of U.S. presidents were in the lower half of their school classes, and more than 50% of millionaire entrepreneurs have never finished university. See, it's not talent or education. It's making the right choices, which is the art of life, and if you study the Bible, you will get help. William Jennings said, Destiny is not a matter of chance. It is a matter of choice. It is not a thing to be waited for, it is a thing to be achieved. The second thing today in this quiet auditorium of people that are barely awake because it's a 745 service is we are all the product of our choices. I'm sorry to tell you that, but it's the truth. So if you're miserable today, you can fix it by making different choices because everything about you today is the product of your choices, how you speak, how you look, how you dress, your hairstyle, everything you have today. No one threw your clothes onto you today. No one threw your makeup onto you today or didn't put makeup on today. It's your choice. Your car, your home, your finances, your emotional condition is all your daily choice, and we can change that in a moment if we recognize the power of choice. The problem is human beings love to blame other people. Have you noticed that? Business people don't blame the economy. Ask yourself, did I make the right choices in a changing economy? None of us could have predicted COVID. COVID slapped us all in the face and shocked us all. We said, COVID caused this. No, you've got to now adjust and make choices in, 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 within something you've never faced before. You can blame COVID or you can say, you know what? I've got to learn how to make very different choices. But we immediately blame. We'll blame the government. They shut everything down. We'll blame COVID. You know, even pastors blame. Uh, the, your church is not growing. You know, it's the area I'm in. 
or it's been raining a lot lately. They never think about their choice of messages or their choice of staff that t- take care of the people. We always like to blame something else. Got to think about that, church. We have the power of choice, and we are who we are through our choices. You know, you just have to watch the news, and you see how people are constantly blaming big companies and immigrants. That's the biggest problem in South Africa. All these big companies and all these immigrants. No, it's not. It's your daily choices. Because amongst all that, some people are thriving. So clearly it's not that. It's choice. Are you hearing me? This is very unpopular stuff. That's why I'm preaching on it. Because we keep looking for the wrong solutions in the wrong places instead of going to God's word and seeing what he says. And we've got to recognize that we've got to make the right choices. Listen, if someone is a criminal or a pervert or a liar, it's not the environment that did it to them, it's their choices. Yet society wants to make it a social issue and wants us to be sympathetic when in fact we should make it their responsibility. Poverty is not the cause of crime. Choices are the cause of crime. Upbringing is not the cause of having bad character. Choices are what give you bad character. Because at any point, any person can make right choices. And especially with television, where you have role models and instruction, you have no excuse. But we love to make it a social issue. And we excuse people on social grounds you know what we do every time we do that? We turn them into helpless victims instead, into, instead of victorious people. In a book called The Criminal Personality, psychologists Stanton now and Samuel Jockelson, they did a 17-year study to prove, to prove that poverty causes crime. After 17 years and studying thousands of people, they found that crime is not caused by poverty, environment, or oppression It is the result of wrong moral choices. Harvard professors didn't believe their studies, so they went and did their own study, and it's called Crime and Human Nature, and they found exactly the same result. Don't be sympathetic to victims. We can can feel sorry for them, but don't entrench them and yourself. Recognize that everyone has the power of choice the minute they open their eyes. And you don't have to be miserable. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be downtrodden or the victim of abuse. You can rise up and make a choice and God is ready to act in conjunction with you. There's a book called Addiction is a Choice by Jeffrey Shaler. And he says that addiction to cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, or sex are choices, not a disease. Listen to this. As soon as he says, as soon as we call any condition a disease... We take away freedom of choice and create an excuse mentality that lets us off the hook. Leonardo DiCaprio is a a famous actor, as you all know, and he said, drugs, everyone has a choice, and I chose not to do drugs. You have a choice before you, a free will, and God has told us that and expects us to exercise it. Are you hearing me today? In this very quiet auditorium, let me read you some scripture here, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, and I'm reading from the good news because it's the nice fluid translation that is most accurate. Can I just say this? If you want a Bible that's easy to read, buy the good news because it's most accurate in its translation. Don't buy the message because the message is not a translation. It is a paraphrase of someone's opinion. Tired of people calling it the message Bible. It's not. It's the message paraphrase. 
Big difference. The good news is exact translation in modern English, and it stood the test of time. Be careful of anything new. It's not always better. There's also the Passion Translation. One guy came up with it, put his opinion in it, and now he's surprised that uh, it's been taken off certain platforms uh, on, on, on the internet. Now, you can't just make up a translation. You've got to stick to the Scripture, because we're talking about the Bible here. We're not talking about some novel that you can reinterpret. Anyway, let me get back to the good news. He says, I'm now giving you the choice between life and death, between God's blessing and God's curse, and I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Choose life. We hate this thing called choice. You know why? Because it points the finger at us instead of everybody else. And what Christians love to do, it's this government. And if that doesn't work, it's the devil. And if that doesn't work, it's my husband. And he looks like the devil because he's sitting in the kitchen in a vest sweating with a fork in his hand. No, listen, we've got to point the finger at us. I love what Zig Ziglar said. He is a motivational speaker, and don't, don't get upset with me today because these are challenges I speak to myself concerning these challenges. He says here, for 24 years of my adult life, by choice, I weighed over 200 pounds. How many kilos is that? That's nearly 400 kilos. That's a lot. I say by choice because I've never accidentally eaten anything. So when I choose to eat too much, I have chosen to weigh too much. And everybody said nothing. They just looked straight ahead. You can nod if you want to. Number three, the third thing that we can do here. Is this helping you today? In order to live a life where pain is inevitable but misery is optional, this power of choice is our daily choices become our habits. We think habits come from nowhere. No, they are the repetition of daily choices. Og Mandino, the motivational speaker, and what he says in his books is true, even though they might not be inherently Christian, he says the only difference between those who failed and those who succeeded lies in the difference of their habits. Hmm, think about that for a moment, the difference of their habits. But just to say, where do habits come from? Do they just kind of happen? You know, you've got some and I've got some and don't really know. No, no, no. Let me explain to you. When we came into this world, we came into this world naked. We were dressed in nothing. And we will, be, we will go out of this world naked except for what they dress us in in the funeral parlor. But you come into this world naked, and then listen, you then start putting on clothing. You say, what's that got to do with habits? Well, have you ever seen a nun's habit? The thing that a nun wears? You know why it's called a habit? Because the word clothing comes from the word habit, because habits are what you dress yourself in every day. The choices you make daily from the time you wake up with your thinking, your speaking, your eating, everything, those choices will determine what then starts becoming involuntary. You first do it by design, then it acts by default, both good and bad. And we've got to recognize that if you want good habits, you've got to make good choices regularly. If you want bad habits, you just need to live your life according to the flesh, and you'll develop bad choices, which will lead to bad habits. And uh, the habit of complaining is from making small choices, of moaning all the time. The habit of seeing the negative, habit of overspending, overeating, of using drugs, getting drunk, being lazy, being a gossip. I found it interesting, uh, we were chatting during this week, and one of the young people mentioned that 
uh, to gossip is to spill the tea. Let me inform some of you older people. If you're gossiping, you're spilling the tea. I'm like, I asked him, why? Because it's hot. It's what's hot. <laughs> you want to know what's hot? Let me tell you. No, don't spill the tea. But it's a habit to gossip. Got to stop. Hang on a minute. Let me think about what I'm saying here. Do they need to know? Is this helpful to them? Is it okay to just say this in conversation? We have to think, because otherwise it becomes a habit. The habit of being miserable. It's a habit. Hmm? Habit of saving. Habit of being critical. All these daily choices get entrenched, and they settle into our lives. You will become the person you're meant to be in the future by your choices that became habits. And I know that as an older person, some of the things in your life are very hard to break later on. John Powell is a Christian author, and he said this. He said, we are creatures of habit. I like this. Old cranks have practiced all their lives, just as old saints have likewise practiced all their lives. See, it's what you choose all the time that eventually becomes a habit, and we have to choose. And listen, talking about pain is inevitable, misery is optional. We have to choose to be cheerful. I found when I walked into this building this morning, I, my cheerfulness went because it was dark, it was half empty, people didn't uh, come because the service time has changed. And so, so it's, oh, it's going to be one of those. No, it's not going to be one of those days. You make a decision, you make a choice. You make a choice. And in 1 Thessalonians, I love this, and I'm reading from the message paraphrase. Paul says, be cheerful no matter what. I love that. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to belong to Christ, those who belong to Christ Jesus, to live. See, it's a choice and a discipline daily to make a decision. Never let your emotions or the news or the circumstances or your personality, never let that rule you. Let choice rule you. I'm going to make a choice to go God's way. I'm going to make a choice, listen, to praise God. Don't come into a meeting, I don't like the song. That thousand hallelujahs, very difficult, you know. We're not all singers, you know. Just keep coming and try and find your a thousand hallelujahs. Do you know how many times I thank God for the mask? Some people complain about the mask. The mask hides the out-of-tune singing that will happen in the front row. Normally I used to blast it out and then Vilma would look at me. You, you think, I would rather sing out of tune than stand here with, mm, because it's a decision. It's too important. My spirit can get dulled if, it's, if the meeting starts like that. What chance has the preacher got of building you up? Choice, not chance. Let's see how the meeting is today. No, no matter how the meeting is today, we will be happy and we will praise God. Psalm 34, in the King James Version, the psalmist says, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of His glories and grace. In other words, I will make a habit of this. I will boast of all His kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt His name. You know what, when you, when you keep doing something by choice, it eventually becomes a habit. One of the worst things that happened during COVID is we didn't have to continue the habit of coming to church. So guess what's happened? It's now become an option rather than the habit of going to church. 
People put more planning into which mall they're going to go to on Sunday than whether they're going to go to church on the weekend. Where we go, well, let's go to Mall of Africa. Now, I think let's go up to Santon because, you know, they've got loads of living there. But they, what about church? Well, let's see what happens. No, no, no. You need a habit. Guess where habit comes from? Choice. I will. I will. I will. You want to know when your spiritual life is broken down is because we make it an option. We need to keep making it a choice and habits come from our daily choices. Number four, the fourth thing this morning, are you being helped, is the greatest enemy of choice is indecision. A lot of the reason we don't make choices is because we're undecided. We're undecided about what we believe. We're undecided about what God says. We're fearful that we're going to make the wrong choice. And if you're one of those people, there's an app for you. It's called the Choice app. It helps you make decisions when you're overwhelmed. Hmm? Choice map, sorry, Choice Map, an app called Choice Map. And this, you can put everything in and it'll tell you how to make choices. Talk about a crazy world we're living in. What about going to God's Word and making decisions? Hmm? The thing is, when you don't make choices, you think you're avoiding something, but no choice is a choice. No choice is still a choice. It sends in, are you coming for dinner? Thanks, Caleb, I'm not sure. I'll let you know. He feels that I don't want to, but I haven't said anything. No, your lack of choice is a choice. Come on. And we need to recognize that we need to make good decisions. In 1 Kings 18, it's described here, and I'll do it quickly. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? Notice this, if the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal is God, follow him. In other words, don't be undecided. Even choose Baal, but make a darn decision, he's saying. Got to make a decision, because indecision is a decision. If you look at other translations, the King James says, how long halt ye between two opinions? How long will you hesitate between two opinions? The New American Standard Bible says, and then the... Contemporary English version says, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? You've got to make it. Indecision means you don't know how to make a choice. You want someone else to make it for you. And chances are, if you don't make a decision, life will make it for you or someone else will make it for you. One of the biggest problems with men in their homes is they don't know how to make decisions anymore. They let the wife make the decision because the wife is also an earner, so they feel, well, I can't really make the decision. No, you've got to learn how to make good decisions because the success in life is good decisions. You know, Ronald Reagan was taken by an aunt to have a pair of shoes made. You know, he lived in a different time to us. And the cobbler said to him, what would you like? Would you like round toes or would you like square toes? Because square toes at that time were coming in. He said, I don't know. The cobbler said, I'll give you a week. Well, Ronald Reagan took three weeks, and finally when he went to the cobbler to tell him what he decided, he discovered that the cobbler had gone ahead. The cobbler says, no, I made your shoes already. He says, well, what did you do? He said, I made one round and one square. <laughs> no, it's a true story. And Ronald Reagan said this. He said, he's quoted as saying this. He said, I learned right there that if you don't make your own choices or decisions, someone else will. Indecision. Herbert Prochner, the author, said this, there's a time when we must firmly choose the cause we will follow or the relentless drift of events will make the decision. Choose what you want to be, where you want to be, what you want to become, how you want to look, 
what you want to earn, what sort of financial security you want, it is your choice daily. Number five. Is this still okay? I need to do this because I've got two more, and I want to give you the last one too. Are you ready? Choose your thoughts carefully. Do you know a lot of people don't choose their thoughts? You have to choose your thoughts. You have to choose positive thoughts. That's not, that's not new age. That's not, oh, that's like Oprah. No, no. You have to get up in the morning and, and say, I can do all things through Christ. It's really not, I can't. I can't stop eating. I can't stop sniffing cocaine. I've tried, you know, three times. I can't. I can't stop looking at other women. I can't stop flirting with men. You know, it's my personality. You, you can. It all starts up here with how you think and how you choose those thoughts. Thoughts will often fly over your head, but don't let them make a nest on top of your head. Hmm? Don't tell yourself, I won't be able to afford to, because then you never will be able to afford to. Tell yourself, someday, if I manage my money right, and I save properly, and I'm disciplined, not if this government changes or my boss pays me more, no, with what I have, if I make right choices, I could be incredibly blessed. I could drive a brand new car. Listen, there are people who have earned 50 to 100 rand a week who have ended up buying new cars simply by choice. Might take 10 years. They made a choice. But we keep blaming other people, and then we allow all the negativity in our heads, and then we live life by chance instead of by choice. Are you hearing me this morning? It's very quiet in this Methodist church today. You miss some good opportunities to clap. Listen to me. One of the biggest things that you need to do every day is to wake up and think good thoughts about this country. Listen, what is the, what is the other option? If I have to think negative thoughts about this country, I won't come out. I won't want to leave my house. I, you have to. No, we will move forward. We will move forward. There will be another election. There will be a change of government. People might change their attitudes. Maybe they'll realize that they're not victims. Maybe they'll realize that hard work is what will take us forward. Maybe they'll realize that corruption is not the way. Because if you study the book of Proverbs, you know, it tells you there. But if I have to think, oh, we're going to the dogs. We need to immigrate. Oh, you know, for the sake of, a, this is what people tell me, for the sake of my children. No, for the sake of your children, you need to teach them how to be positive in negative environments. Come on now. Hear me today. These are all temptations we face. And listen, just one thing. One thing on the news and we go down a whole road. How many of you remember from school the book Robinson Crusoe? It was written in 1713, I think. Robinson Crusoe ended up on a desert island. Remember, no one was there. It was deserted. He built himself a house, started farming, everything. Made himself a veritable paradise. But one day, he was walking on the beach and he discovered a footprint. <laughs> the story actually says he thought it was the devil. Then he went home and he thought about it and he thought it must be a man. But then you know what he did? He started turning his house into a fortress. He started expecting to be attacked. He kept looking over his shoulder. And instead of living in a paradise, he lived in misery just because of one footprint. If you keep looking at the footprints in South Africa, you will turn a paradise into a prison. We have to... Think differently, and we have to control our thoughts, and we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. There are the howls of negativity. Every time I watch the news, it's like wolves. Wah, 
now, you know, I, I was reading a story about some shepherds. They, they, in Texas, they were looking after 2,000 sheep out in the wilderness. And uh, it came nighttime, and they decided they needed to make a big bonfire, you know, warm the sheep and make their food. And then they started hearing the howls of wolves. And because they never had the sheep dogs with them, the wolves knew it. Coyotes, they call them. Is it? A, it's like a, it's like a like a type of a wolf, type of a fox. They started howling, and you know they howl. And they said they took they took more logs and they threw it on the fire, and the fire. And then as they finished throwing the logs on the fire, they turned around to see where the where the coyotes were. And as they looked, they just saw eyes. They just saw eyes, and it wasn't coyotes. You know what it was? The sheep came close and kept their eyes on the shepherds and on the fire. And in South Africa, when you hear the howls on ENCA and on SABC2 and on Newsnight, you've got to look at Jesus and say, I make a choice today to see the paradise that I live in, the wonderful mountains and the beaches, the wonderful opportunities, the buildings going up, people buying new cars all the time, the opportunity for prosperity. My eyes are fixed on the good things of God. You've got to choose your thoughts. Let me close with number six. Don't allow yourself to drift into self-pity. Man, we drift into self-pity so quickly. Poor me syndrome. Look what life and people and COVID and the devil has done to me. That's a recipe for misery. You cannot afford to choose self-pity, even if you have been wronged. You have to choose life and you have to choose positivity every single day. And self-pity is like a disease waiting to infect you. I'm nearly done here. But uh, uh, Charles Swindoll warns us in one of his books. He says, self-pity, listen to this church, cuddle and nurse it as an infant and you'll have on your hands in a brief period of time a beast, a monster, a raging coarse brute that will spread the poison of bitterness and paranoia throughout your system. The minute Robinson Crusoe saw that footprint, everything started changing. One simple footprint. If you allow self-pity to creep into your life, they're after me. They're out to get me. They don't care about me. You know, the company I work for, you must see the car the boss drives. You know, you can't believe how some of those people, you know, we're the ones, we're the ones that do all the work, and then they sit there in that office there. You must see them there drinking tea and eating donuts. Stop it. You are making bad choices and you will end up with a brute in your life and they will not even be affected because they don't know. It's a choice we have to make that we're not victims, that we are people that rise above it. Pain is inevitable if you work with people. Misery is optional. I'll close with this quote. Author Michael Green said this, and this is a good lesson for us. He said, self-pity weeps on the devil's shoulder turning to Satan for comfort. His invitation is, come unto me, all you that are grieved, peeved, misused, and disgruntled, and I will spread on you the sympathy. You will find me a never-failing source of the meanest attitudes and the most selfish sort of misery. At my altar, you may feel free to fall, uh, fail and fall, and there to sigh and fret, 
There will feed your soul on fears and indulge your ego with envy and jealousy, bitterness and spite. There will excuse you from every cross, duty and hardship and permit you to yield unto temptation. We have no choice but to choose life. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 